We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Candlestick Chronicles. My name is Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee with me. Kyle Madsen of NinersWire.com of the USA Today Sports Media Group and a midday producer over at 95.7 The Game. Kyle, what's happening? Not a lot, man. I'm hanging out with my cats and I'm drinking red wine. So my transition into a TV show character from a sitcom is really going. Do you have any goofy friends who just like pop over at your house unexpectedly? No, I need to do that, though. I'll hit up Craigslist. Okay, perfect. Uh, We are going to preview probably the 49ers most interesting regular season game this year because uh, they're playing probably the hottest team in football who on Monday night uh, just completely destroyed the Rams. I think it's fair to say 45 to six, which included scoring touchdowns on their first seven possessions, uh, which is good. Um Kyle, what were you? What was your takeaway of the Ravens' uh, performance Monday against the Rams? It was their first six possessions, so not as good. Oh, you're right. No, no. <laughs> it was so so. Oh, you're right. The Ravens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they scored forty five points. Yeah, six okay. Um, Math whiz. The the Ravens, the Ravens are the. That's my fault. Here we go. I don't know if you guys can hear the ad playing on my computer right now but i muted it 
What I found out tonight was that the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Oh, that's a take. And it sure is. But when you look at what they've done, they, they started 2-0. They played the Dolphins and the Cardinals. They should have started 2-0. But then they lost to the Chiefs. They, they lost to the Browns. But then they beat the Steelers by three in overtime. They beat the Bengals by six. They beat the Seahawks by 14 in Seattle. They got their bye. They beat the Patriots by 17. Then they beat the Bengals in Cincinnati by 36. They beat the Texans by 34. And then they beat the Rams tonight by 39. They are hitting their stride entering December. And that's when you want to start playing your best football. Oh, and their defense has started and their defense has started playing at, at the highest level it's played at all year. So I'm having a really hard time in, in, in those games since since their two losses. Uh, to the Chiefs and Browns, they've allowed 269 total yards, 250, 347, 342, 307, 232, and then uh, and then against the Rams on Monday night, they allowed 221 total yards. I mean, this is this is as dominant of a team as there is in the NFL, and they've now won seven games in a row, uh, the last four of those by really wide margin. Uh, they ran for 285 yards against the Rams. Uh, average 5.9 yards a carry on 48 runs. Lamar Jackson had 95 yards on eight carries. Mark Ingram had 111 yards on 15 carries. I think what's so interesting about this game, and you know, we could talk about the 49ers and not being stellar against the run. I think some of that is a little bit overstated and, and maybe skewed by what happened in that three-week stretch where they had those games against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson that I think ultimately skewed the numbers a little bit. But I just don't know. They're, like, There's no other team doing what the Ravens are doing. The Ravens are doing what the 49ers did earlier this decade, and obviously that a lot of that has to do with Greg Roman being their offensive coordinator, who of course was the 49ers offensive coordinator during the Jim Harbaugh years when Colin Kaepernick and, and Alex Smith were quarterback. Um, but like it's a pass happy league, obviously. That's that's the the cliche. But the Ravens are running the ball more than any other team in the league, and they're doing it more effectively than any other team in the league. And a lot of that is because of the threat that Lamar Jackson poses with his legs. And so, you know, we we went into the Packers game and thinking that there's a there's a formula for beating Aaron Rodgers, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is one of the best passers of his generation, but the formula is get pressure with four, drop seven into coverage, and you could essentially try slowing him down that way, and that's probably the most effective way to do it. And that's what the 49ers did Sunday night, but they sprinkled in some blitzes. Um, they mixed things up a little bit. They benefited from Ryan Bulaga, their right tackle, leaving the game early. Um, and Nick Bosa going up against Alex Light, which was super favorable. But with this Ravens team, they run the ball so many different ways, and they're going to test you in so many different ways that I'm not sure what answers the 49ers can have aside from just dominating the line of scrimmage and being super sound up front because, I mean, no no team has done that yet. and And I just don't know... I just don't know how it's going to happen. Like if, if the 49ers win this game, obviously it's going to take turnovers. I mean, you, you look at it like 
the Ravens have, I mean, just looking at their, their total offensive numbers, they have, they've had one game with fewer than 300 yards of total offense. And that was October 6th against the Steelers when they had 277 in overtime. Just looking at it like 643 yards, 440, 452, 359, 497, 340, 372, 379, 491. And then against the Rams, they had 480. It's it's like they can move the ball and, and it's not just through the run. It's obviously in part because Lamar Jackson has been super efficient. He completed 15 of 20, averaging eight and a half yards per attempt and five touchdown passes against the Rams. And I think, you know, we talked about Russell Wilson being the MVP front runner a few weeks ago when the, when the Seahawks play the 49ers. I think Lamar Jackson is passing him right now for in, for in the MVP race. And nobody wants to play the Ravens because they're simply probably the toughest team to defend right now because of what they do in the passing game or in the running game while being super efficient in the passing game. The Ravens in, in games where Lamar Jackson has, has had more than 30 pass attempts. He's done it four times this year. They are averaging. Let me do some quick math here. They're averaging 24.8 points per game, which is still, which is still really good. But what makes what makes the Ravens so scary is a you can't just sell out to stop the run because they can beat you through the air. Lamar Jackson's been excellent this year, averaging eight point one yards per attempt. His, his passer rating for the year is one hundred and six point three. He's completing sixty six percent of his throws. He has the highest touchdown rate in the league. What makes Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense so scary though is what Seattle did to them. In Seattle, they held Lamar Jackson to nine of twenty for one hundred and forty three yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It's a sixty nine point four rating. Baltimore still won that game thirty to sixteen in part because Lamar Jackson ran fourteen times for one hundred and sixteen yards in the touchdown. Like if if he doesn't have it in the air that they can just switch up their game plan real quick and, and let Jackson go to town on the ground. And if you want to talk about him throwing the ball, they diced up the Patriots 17 to 23 for, for a buck 63 and a touchdown uh, to go along with 61 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Like it, it, whether it's a good defense or a bad defense at home or on the road through the air or on the ground, there are just so many ways Jackson and the Ravens can beat you. And you can have him completely hemmed in in the passing game like Seattle did and still catch an L because he's averaging 8.3 yards per carry on the ground. I, it, it's it's bananas what that offense is doing. Yeah, and, and the 49ers are, like we mentioned, designed to disrupt dropback passers, right? Like when you have really good pass rushers, what you want to do is build a lead and force the other team to throw. But the Ravens don't, that's not that's not how they play. So you have to stop the run and you have to force Lamar Jackson into obvious passing situations where maybe you try to take advantage of their young receiving court. The problem is the running game is so versatile and dynamic and challenges you in so many different ways that that becomes extremely difficult. And I think the challenge the 49ers are going to have is just the fact that things are so different. Like we see Nick Bosa occasionally get fooled on zone read runs or play action where he's committing one way and and the quarterback might run and, and take it the other direction or he commits to the quarterback and the quarterback hands the ball off on the zone read leading to a run for in, in open space 
And that's going to be the biggest challenge yet the 49ers defense has gotten this season. And, you know, we we talked about last week Aaron Rodgers being the best quarterback. Maybe aside from Russell Wilson, the 49ers have gone against this year. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson is just a completely different animal. This is this is Michael Vick uh, running a offense that is tailor-made to his skill set. And, and what the Ravens have done is really just brilliant. Like, they they've done this the absolute right way, like the perfect way to maximize Lamar Jackson, because, you know, I think the questions about him as a passer might have been warranted in the scope of, you know, coming out in the draft in the scope of, well, how is he going to fit a traditional offense? I think Lamar Jackson wouldn't be nearly the player he is if he was, you know, brought in by, I don't know, say a random team, the Titans to run a a traditional drop back offense um, and try to make him into an NFL quarterback. And instead what Baltimore did, which is brilliant is take what he's good at and keep him in those situations and allow him to use his athleticism, allow him to, to make plays through the passing game as he gets better as a passer, which he's gotten a lot better throughout his career to this point. And then utilize him that way. And what you have now is a quarterback. We talk a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo's record. Uh, Lamar Jackson's fourteen and three as a starter. Like, and he's he's thrown he's thrown five interceptions this year. Those came in two games. He hasn't thrown an interception since October sixth. Uh, and he's in his last four games. He's thrown. Let's see, four, eight. What do we have? Nine. Is it nine touchdowns for Lamar Jackson in his last four games and no picks? Um, pretty good. He's decent. Pretty good. So I just, yeah, I, I mean, I wish I had more analysis about this. I, I haven't taken the deep dive into the Ravens yet because life has been a little bit hectic, but like the Ravens are, are on fire right now. And I just, I, I wish, you know, everyone, I, I, I submitted quite, uh, I asked people on Twitter for questions from a mailbag and a bunch of people are asking me like how are the Niners going to stop Lamar Jackson I'm like I have no idea if I if I knew I would probably be making way more money than I am and maybe you know have a job in the league somewhere um because I mean I, I remember that the thing is about those Niners teams w- which made them so good is that not only did they have one of the best defenses in the league maybe a, a generational type defense but you couldn't beat the, if you were like if you were a team that could pass the ball really well, but you weren't balanced. Like there were a lot of teams like that, and they beat you know they beat the Falcons. Um, yeah, there was never really a doubt in my mind the Forty ers were gonna were weren't gonna win the the NFC title game because, um, just how they matched up against the Falcons. Like any team, even the Patriots that year when the Forty ers went to the Super Bowl, they beat the Patriots because the Patriots were a passing team and the 49ers, it was a different era, obviously, but the 49ers could run the ball on you basically no matter what. And given the way they were playing defense, if you couldn't stop the running game, then you just weren't going to beat them. Um, And so, you know, the 49ers haven't been, you know, they've been fine against the run, but like with what, with what the Ravens do, I just don't know. You know, the 49ers rank 19th against the run. They're allowing 4.7 yards per carry, which is 25th in the league. I just don't know, like, if if you limit the Ravens to, say, 150 yards, I mean, I don't know if they can do that, but I think that's the only way you beat them 
aside from like freak injuries happening or, you know, getting crazy turnovers, like a special teams touchdown or, um, you know, something like I just the formula the Ravens are playing with is extremely difficult to deal with. And, and Kyle Shanahan has said it like the the easiest way to win football games consistently is to run the ball and play defense. Like I know everybody mm-hmm. talks about it's a passing league, but that's I mean, Kyle Shanahan said that and, and you know, he's a he's an offensive coordinator and he realizes that that's the formula that that's easiest to win games. And it might be the hardest to stop if you're really good at that. And so that's what makes the Ravens so so scary and for the 49ers and, and makes it such an interesting matchup this week. Well, the Ravens and the 49ers in that respect are, are very much alike. The Ravens just get out to the to to a lead and then they're going to play ball control. They're going to run you to death and, and make you one dimensional pin their pass rushers ears back and let them go the Ravens passer rating check this out their team passer rating well their yards per attempt when leading is 8.5 that's really good 14 touchdowns to four interceptions when they're tied yards per attempt 8.6 three touchdowns no interceptions Uh, passer rating of 114.8 when leading 114.7 when tied when trailing, that passer rating drops to 84.6. The yards per attempt dropped to three, uh, 6.9. And they've thrown three touchdowns to two interceptions when trailing this year. And I think the 49ers, the only, not the only way, the best way the 49ers can go about winning this game is by getting ahead early, especially if they can find a way to get up 10 and make the Ravens get out of their game plan even a little bit. But the longer this game stays close, the longer the Ravens can can get into their groove offensively where uh, they're rushing for 200-plus yards and throwing for 180-plus yards. And when that happens, you're not going to win. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an easy loss, and it helps when Lamar Jackson skews the numbers because he's essentially, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, I, just, I, I mean, when a play breaks down and he decides to take off, he is effectively a running back. He's not a normal running quarterback. He is an electric runner when he decides to tuck it and run. And it's really hard to stop. So looking at this Rams-Ravens game, the Rams had nine rushes for 22 yards, um, in part, obviously, because the Ravens jumped ahead by 14 points to start the game. And I mean, the, the reason why I think this game is interesting pr- specifically with how it portends to the 49ers is because the Rams do run a similar offense under Sean McVay, right? Um, only they haven't been nearly as effective at running the ball as the 49ers have. And I think your point about the Niners getting to getting off to a quick start is, is a great one because the 49ers need to be able to run the ball really well. And, and, and the Ravens running defense has, has been really good. And so if the 49er like and the thing is getting getting off to a hot start is going to be really tough because it's a 10 a.m. body clock game uh, on the West Coast. The 49ers are going to travel on Friday. Um, you know, it's I it's it's going to be really tough. Like you, you look at the, the weapons that they have in the passing game too, like Hollywood Brown, really good rookie. Miles Boykin is a guy a lot of people liked in the draft. Um, they have pretty good tight ends and we know how versatile tight ends can be really important to a run first offense and you know obviously the 49ers know that all too well with George Kittle I I mean you know it it's 
I think the 49ers are absolutely going to give the Ravens all they can handle. Um, and I think Kyle Shanahan can scheme up a, a game plan against just about anybody. But I, I just keep going back to trying to slow the running game down from Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, who's probably going to be the fastest player on the field, certainly faster than any 49ers defender. Like, I just don't I, I, I don't I can't wrap my head around it because it's so unique. Because what the Ravens are doing is so unique and you can't you can't say like, oh, well, the matchup to watch this week is Fred Warner versus Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson is a lot faster than Fred Warner. Um, and yeah. and so much of it is yeah. schematic. And, and the 49ers, you know, the 49ers are built to defend the pass. And with the wide nine, what the wide nine does, the big indictment of it is it aligns the defensive end super wide which is advantageous for pass rush rushing situations, but makes it more difficult to defend the run because you're creating running lanes. So does Robert Sala mix things up? Do, do the Niners do what the Seahawks did against them, uh, for example, by having you know six guys on the line of scrimmage and just plug gaps right from the jump without even having to, you know, doing it formationally without having, having to rely necessarily on execution from that standpoint? Maybe that's what the 49ers do. They just load the box. They play a ton of base. They use a lot of Aziz Alshire. Maybe uh, maybe they bring in an extra defensive lineman. You know, maybe they have DJ Jones and uh, Sheldon Day in the game with Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa. Maybe they just have five defensive linemen in the game at all times. I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to work. Um, but it's a unique test and, and I think it's going to be a great learning experience too, for, for how adaptable defensive coordinator Robert Sala is, because if the 49ers, I mean, obviously the 49ers can't live in nickel the entire time. That's just not going to happen because they're not going to be able to slow the run at all. So do the 49ers have the personnel? Does Robert Sala have a game plan to, to plug those running lanes and uh, is it going to be good enough on the road in a hostile environment? The Ravens are really good at home, by the way, um, in a tough body clock game against the hottest team in the league. It's just uh, it's going to be the biggest test yet that the, the 49ers have faced. I think one of the biggest saving graces, well, a couple of things that, that you touched on there that I want to that I want to get to. I know the Niners aren't going to go way outside like the framework of their defense to, to try and stop the Ravens, but. I almost wonder if they they mess around with putting a somebody like Tavarius Moore on the field, almost as like a like a spy with Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I mean, you, you have to go a little bit outside the box, I think, if you're San Francisco, because of all the things you just mentioned with with the way their defense is conventionally built. It's going to be interesting, but I think I think maximizing the athleticism on the field. Uh, because we haven't even talked about their tight end, Mark Andrews, who's having a monster year, or Hollywood Brown, their first-round pick at, at wide receiver, who's who's had some injury problems, but he is as electric of a playmaker as there is on the outside. Like There are so many weapons outside of just Lamar Jackson. Mark Ingram, their running back, is, is really, really good. Gus Edwards is, is also uh, a good player in that backfield. I think the saving grace for the 49ers, though, is the Ravens are 21st in the NFL in yards per attempt allowed on the ground, and they're 25th in run defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. So if the Niners can get healthy in the backfield and run it 40-plus times and 
bog this game down, limit the time of possession for Baltimore, and really just just shrink their opportunities to get going offensively, I think that bodes well for the 49ers. So that's what I'm really expecting is is a heavy dose of the run game for for just A, because it's the weakest area of Baltimore's defense, but B, it keeps Lamar Jackson on the sideline. And that's that's the kind of year he's having where it's just like the the longer he's on the bench, the 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 better it is for for the opposition. Yeah, totally agree. I, I do think I mean, as well as the the Ravens defense has been playing of late, I think as as you mentioned, there there's some of the same issues that the Ravens are going to have to deal with that the 49ers are going to have to deal with, and and it's going to take a huge game from George Kittle again. And even if he's not great statistically through the passing game, they're going to need him to to run block like crazy. And maybe the 49ers have Matt Breida back. We'll know a little bit more later in the week about his ankle, but uh, I think being as multifaceted in the running game is going as possible is going to be really important. And you have Emmanuel Sanders now who only had one catch for 15 yards against the Packers, but maybe he's getting a little bit healthier coming off that rib injury. And with him and Debo Samuel now really starting to, to improve and, and be a, a viable, effective weapon in the passing game, maybe the 49ers offense is, is just going to have to be the one that, that carries them really for the first time all year. I know there was that, Thursday night game in Arizona where you know the defense didn't play particularly good on a short week and particularly in the second half going up against that no huddle offense um it might be one of those games where all right the defense isn't going to be as effective and the 49ers offense is just going to have to score 40 points um but again that's going to be really difficult if the Ravens can run the ball so um, I, I honestly, I, I usually have, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what games are going to look like. Like on Sunday, I thought the 49ers would win with George Kittle back because I didn't feel great about the Packers defense in terms of, um, you know, what they could do against the 49ers running game with George Kittle in there. And I didn't think the Packers had anybody to cover George Kittle. But I mean, with this Ravens thing and how unique it looks, I just, I have no idea w- what to expect from this game because it could be something where maybe Kyle Shanahan just has a great plan against their defense and maybe the 49ers hang 45 points on them and no matter how well the Ravens run the ball it doesn't matter because the 49ers just outscore them and maybe that's the game script maybe that's how this thing has to go that the 49ers just score a ton of points and don't have to rely on the defense and they play really aggressively and switch things up from their game plan that they've been riding with for throughout most of the season, which is playing to the defense and being conservative. Maybe they just open things up and Kyle Shanahan does a thing. He does a bunch of things he hasn't put on tape yet. Um, that could be what it takes. And maybe it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating too, because I mean, I, I think it's fair to say the Ravens are probably a favorite along with the Patriots and maybe the chiefs to, to go to the Super Bowl. And so if the 49ers consider themselves that caliber, maybe they're maybe they keep something, you know, they, they keep some bullets in the chamber, so to speak, knowing that they might have to win that game, beat that team down the road in Miami in February. Um, obviously, you don't want to put the cart before the horse, but that could be something that's on Kyle Shanahan's mind, because that's always something that's on Bill Belichick's mind when when he's playing opponents in the regular season and that Belichick is willing to take a loss by not opening up the playbook fully like he would in the, in a Super Bowl setting 
And maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan does because look, the 49ers probably aren't going to go 15 and one, right? <laughs> so if they lose this game, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world, but you do, it, it would, I mean, obviously losing is, is not what you want, but, and you do want to maintain a lead on the Seahawks who are going to be the, the number one, the, the top seed in the NFC. If the two teams have the same record by way of that victory a couple weeks ago, but losing this game might not be the worst thing in the world for the 49ers, but it does make that's that next game in new Orleans, all even more important. Um, and that's an extremely tough place to win a game too. Yeah. I think my, my bold prediction for this game is that whichever team has more rushing yards will win. I like that. I think that's smart. Book it. Book it. Um, are you booking it? Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me write it down. You could have booked it that, that quickly. Thank you. Uh, mark it in stone. Whichever team has more rushing yards between the 49ers and Ravens will win Sunday. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I I think whichever team turns the ball over fewer times is going to win. And that's probably a cop-out. But one thing the Ravens don't do is turn the ball over. And Lamar Jackson, like we said, hasn't thrown an interception since early October. And if we know... You know, we know there's a hole in Jimmy Garoppolo's game. It's his penchant for throwing interceptions and giving the ball away and putting Lamar Jackson on the field would obviously be a disastrous scenario for for the 49ers against the Ravens. So um, if Garoppolo can continue his run, we talked about it in the last pod, uh, his his four game run here where he's averaging 311 yards uh, per game and, and he's. I, he's thrown 11 touchdowns to just three interceptions. If that's the Garoppolo that the 49ers get on the road against that defense, um, then maybe that's that could be enough. But I do, yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with my pr- prediction being if the 49ers lose a turnover battle, they're going to lose a game. All right, is that uh, is that all we got? If they lose the turnover battle, they'll have fewer rushing yards. Than okay. Really going out on limbs here with our bold predictions, yeah. but sometimes you don't want to over you don't want to overanalyze things. Paralysis by overanalysis type deal, right? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> okay, well, we hope everybody enjoyed sure. their Thanksgiving. Uh, this was a shorter pod, uh, and obviously, <laughs> when we're on a normal schedule, we will not we will dive more deeply like we have previously in in our preview pods, but. Uh, Hope everyone travels safely, enjoyed the Thanksgiving holiday, ate some good food, um, enjoyed the games on Thursday, and uh, enjoy the Niners game Sunday, and we will talk to you afterwards. Uh, I will record probably Monday night from somewhere in Sarasota, Florida, because that's where the 49ers are going to be practicing after the Ravens game, Um, and then uh, we will talk to you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.